down with the move. Come on. So we tune in to First Things First with the Queen of Black Talk Radio, Dominique to Prima. Go, sis. KVLA Talk 1580. Good morning, TGIF. God bless. I'm Dominique Dupreme. The show is called First Things First. And my first thing today and tomorrow, giving Thanksgiving praises and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders. And let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We do have a lot to talk about, like usual. And we are, yeah, well, it's Friedman Friday, first of all. So hour two, we will be focused on reparations that's what we do Fridays. Um, the first hour, we look local, what's happening on the left coast. And hour three, we do a deep dive. Uh, and we also, un- on Fridays, we unpack a little bit of what we talked about an hour two. Respond, react, freak out, whatever you want to do. 800-920-1580 is the number if you want to get in where you fit in. And today for Friedman Friday, we'll be hearing from the legendary Molly Bell, who's actually been working in the reparation space since before some of us was born. Some of y'all, I should say, not since before I was born, but some of y'all. And look, um, I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to the KBLA Climate Justice, our annual Black History Month luncheon. It was really nice. It was great to see everybody. Uh, our KBLA delegation was in, in you know, the house, and we had a lot of sponsors and friends. Dr. Cornell West spoke. It was quite an affair, and I, I learned about some incredible um, black environmentalists that I wasn't familiar with um, in across generations. So that was a beautiful thing. Go to our socials for pictures, KBLA 1580 on all platforms, and uh, yeah, let's... Let's keep it pushing. We are really just getting started with our Climate Justice Initiative. Joining me, like she does every other Friday, KBLA contributor, labor organizer, and activist, Sherry Bell. Good morning. Good morning, Dominique, and happy Friday, KBLA listeners. Yes, it is happy Friday. It's, I, I was surprised it was raining. I actually walked out, and I didn't realize it was raining you know, pretty much as soon as I get my hair did, it's going to start <laughs> raining. It's like Murphy's Law, but uh, it's not too bad. It's kind of sprinkling. Yeah, they said try to get your errands out the way, and we're expecting a little bit more rain, but nothing like it was before, just the constant raining. So More rain uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't tracking that. It's good. Great excuse to stay in. Right. <laughs> Catch up on some binge watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. W- wishful thinking because it's election weekend. Oh, right. So we're going to be busy. Tuesday's the last day to vote. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. I have some volunteering I have to do. Right. And um, door some... knocking, calling, all yep. that stuff. It's really it's aspirational to say we're going to Netflix. But oh, yeah. No, that's not. I forgot. Not. I forgot. It's not an ordinary weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I sure wouldn't mind chilling, but it seems. <laughs> like there's work to do. There's work to do. Have you voted yet? I have not. I have about two more 
people to research on my sample ballot. So, you know, I, I'm old fashioned. Forgive me. You know, I like to punch my vote in in person. So oh, really? I, yes, yes, I do. Um, even though I know that when you mail it in or either drop it in in person, you get the digital receipt. Uh, but I what I do is take my sample ballot into the polling booth and I just cheat off of my own test so to speak so uh that's how i do it and I, I and i'm going to do that tomorrow i know the um if you're local here in la the crenshaw mall has a, a polling uh place and um yeah i'm just going to do it that way so not yet tomorrow two more folks yeah and now you can actually vote at any vote center which is right. really convenient um because i always was frantically looking for the thing that told me where am i voting because it would change it all the time yes. right but now you can just go anywhere and you can register the same day. So it's super convenient. Super convenient. The only thing is if you register the same day on Tuesday, it's going to take longer because there's mm. a line and then they've got to register you. But you can do it. But if you, you haven't registered yet and you want to vote, I would I would suggest doing it today, uh, Saturday or Sunday, mm -hmm. even Monday. Yes, definitely try not to wait until March 5th, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, when you go to the polling places for early voting, mm -hmm. it's smooth because right. there's not that many people that do it. Right. And they don't necessarily do it at a certain time. So you get in, you get out. I fill out my mail in one and mm -hmm. then take it to the polls. That's I like that idea. That's the hybrid system. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I have to see the lady put it in right. the box. And it's always a lady, I must say. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's usually a black woman. Right, yeah. right. Don't you just love those polling place workers <laughs> yes i do yes i do i it, one year i got to um, walk into one of our neighborhood polling places with stevie wonder oh wow. and all the workers were like that, that, that's what's going on right now that, yeah that would is probably a treat for them yeah, yeah stevie because he's like you he likes to vote in person mm -hmm. and punch the little thing. yeah 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 so um you were also at the people's the people's budget la yes, yes i was yeah so we had dr david turner on the next day sort of going over some of the data that he and dr jones jolivet and megan castillo presented mm -hmm, to the mayor mm -hmm. um it was pretty well attended mm -hmm. what what was your response to it what did you think well first of all i think this is ex exceptional work um that blmla and you know all the others that contributed to this people's budget ensuring that the that people in the city of Los Angeles, um, you know, have a voice and, you know, in how resources are allocated within our community. I think it's like unheard of. I think it's just groundbreaking work that they've done. I also think that it's um, really commendable that the mayor, you know, shows up each time that uh, she has been invited um, the last couple of times to, you know, see the results and take first on mayor ever to do that. I might add. Wow. Yeah, other folks were not trying to do it. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that in itself is, is pretty, how can I say, it should be recognized and commendable, right? That this person who's like, you know, super busy um, with one of the largest economies in the in the nation and make in likely might as well say the world to come out on a, um, on a weeknight uh, and listen to uh, folks within in the black community, um, you know, share how they feel the budget should be allocated um, and respond to questions and, 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 and respond, do a Q and a session as well on top of being right. there the whole time. Yeah, right? Cause a lot of times electeds fall through and then they bounce. And yeah. she was there for hours right. talking to the people, which is pretty amazing. I mean, that goes to show like where she comes from, right? Like, yeah. you know, you come from the community and you be with community. Um, I, I, 
you know, it, it's interesting to see um, where the budget goes and, and what's yeah. prioritized. I mean, it's no surprise that the majority of the budget does go to law enforcement, LAPD. I mean, if you was to look at the sheriff's department, it would be even like higher numbers. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that change will come. Um, I, I do believe that ears are listening. I do believe that changes have been made, like with the interventionist workers, getting a bump in salary for from the city of Los Angeles, establishing a office of community safety. But there are still I feel like just for me being in Los Angeles, uh, you know, growing up in the 1980s. Um, when most of the LAPD was actually like 72% white, I believe at that point. Um, currently, the uh, the uh, demographics of the police department has shifted. Uh, it's morally a largely Hispanic um, um, workforce and then white and then black and like a very um, large increase in women. But I think the issue is that when you have the same ideology and priorities within the department um, and how you approach people within the community, um, it's still largely, how can I say, uh, has a disproportionate uh, impact on black people. I say more than anyone else. You know, that has to change. Um, and also the fact that just really challenging the ideology that it is the police who can solve all our problems and keep us safe. Um, I've never seen this done more, more, um, more so than recently than ever before. Just challenging that, pushing back on that, you know, and, and that's what I'm excited to see the results of moving forward. Um, yeah. Since you mentioned the coalition, I've been kind of meaning to sh shout folks out because it is led by Black Lives Matter LA, but the People's Budget, which is a survey where you can say how you think the, the city's money should be spent, and then uh, Scholars for Black Lives is break it down, chop it up, and uh, you know make it into graphs and stuff so we can understand. So it's students deserve, LA students deserve, white people for black lives, uh, the People's City Council, K-Town for All, Bend the Arc, Jewish Action, Southern California, LA Community Action Network, <clears throat> Vibe of Vermont and Beverly, um, Latu Westside, the voices of Trans Lat Latin Crenshaw Subway Coalition, Youth Justice Coalition, Community Labor Stra uh, Labor Community Strategy Center, LA Voice, La Defensa, Community Coalition. I mean, I'm not going to read all these because mm -hmm. it would go on and on and on. But it's a lot of folks um, that have come together to uh, Clergy for Black Lives, West Valley People's Alliance, March for Our Lives, and just a long list of organizations that have come together, which explains why it's pretty fairly widespread. I mm -hmm. mean, there are people from a lot of different zip codes that take the survey, um, and 95% of the people surveyed are registered voters. That yeah. stood out to me. Right? Did any of the data stand out to you as far as you know, what the people said about how they wanted to spend the money, something surprise you or encourage you or anything like that? Well, I mean, it didn't surprise me, the investment in law enforcement. It surprised me how much they uh, that is spent in like animal services as opposed to the um, the lack of investment in like youth services. Yeah, that was you, crazy. Yeah, like things that, you know. Trying to find the slide. I think it was 50 something million on animals. On, you know, on animal services. I mean, you don't want the city flooded with stray dogs. I remember right. when it used to be like that Me in too. South L.A. You could have a pit bull, bull 
you know, uh-huh. lurking. And then it's like, I can't walk down this block. Right. That dog might chase me. You don't want that. But it, it, but when you contrast it, like you said, with mm-hmm. we're spending, you know, a sliver of that on youth development. And then, you know, all this money. It, it does. It seems like we don't have our priorities together. Right. Right. And, and of course, uh, most people was like, uh, we don't really need parking and <laughs> investment in parking enforcement. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> nobody. Um, but- <laughs> nobody wanted that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that surprised me, you know, like what the, and you know, that, and that comes back to advocacy, um, and, and building power. I mean, not to say that here it is $58.7 million in last year's budget for animal services in the city of LA. That's a lot. And, but only, um, 3 million on youth development. 3 million. 3.3. So, I mean, that seems crazy. Almost 60 million for catching dogs. Three million for our kids. Right. And the mayor pointed out that there's youth development programs scattered through different city departments. So if we pulled that money out of every department, it probably would be a bit more. But still, mm. uh, I, I don't think it's going to stack up to fifty eight point seven million. Right. And then when we think about people who become adults and like how much of our childhood and childhood experiences shape our chances as adult and why we're not investing in that, like data history, you know, shows this. So, I mean, you know, like they said, it's not a new thing under the sun. Right. Like, you know, people know what works and, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So hopefully I this underscores that, and, and it's never too late to keep learning new things and get reminded of new things so people can forget. You can talk with me or at me and Sherry eight hundred nine two, and you can even yell, but we might yell back eight hundred nine two zero fifteen eighty eight hundred nine two zero one five eight zero. We are unapologetically progressive. KBLA Talk fifteen eighty. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Right now. Okay, we be, I'm not going to lie. Me and Sherry be talking during, the, <laughs> <laughs> during news traffic sports. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so election is on. You said you just have a couple more people that you want to... Research, and I'm going to remind you that you can go to kbla1580.com and you can hear the interviews with a lot of candidates, especially judges. Also, we'll be talking to Carrie Harper after Friedman Friday. We'll have some time to unpack as well and, and, and to call in, but Attorney Carrie Harper is going to come and go over the judges with us. Mm. Um, we've talked to a lot of those judges, so you can hear them. Would be judges, they're right, a, a candidates for judge, I should say. Um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's all coming up. But sounds like you have made a decision on Proposition 1. You know what, Dominique? Um, I thought I did, and then I'm starting to hear otherwise. Like, I, you know, that is another thing. Like, I did mark a choice on it. However, I'm starting to hear, how can I say, um, rebuttals as to why it might not. It needs a closer look. Because the thing about propositions are... If they're not well written, you know, fundamentally within the text of the law, it can cause adverse impacts. It could cause problems. And so like on the surface level for voters, if it's like characterized in, a, in the brief summary that we receive often, um, if it is, if it sounds great, um, you know, it, it, it might likely get our support. However, when you dig deeper into the details, 
it might need a, a second reflection. So I might have to take a look at that again um, to see the impact. Um, yeah, it's confusing. <clears throat> I finally decided to go ahead and vote for it. Mm. Uh, me and Ed Sanders have a have a discussion of it. It's also up on KBLA okay. 1580. That made me sort of sort out some of my feelings. Maybe it will help you with yours. It's a statewide measure. It has to do with mental health funding and how um, we spend those dollars. There's also a bond to create more money for housing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, low income and uh, ho- houseless housing. It forces counties to spend more money on um, housing mm-hmm. and mental health. <clears throat> which might not be great for some of those smaller counties that don't need it, but I feel like we can fix that. Like we can do another bill that sets aside money mm-hmm. for those counties. Mm-hmm. Some people are uh, like Knock LA, their progressive guy. They say they recommend to no, know. And one of the reasons is because they say it could impact like mobile mental health units and stuff like that. But my feeling is the governor put the care courts in place to try something new with mental health. And Mm -hmm. yes, some of it is, um, you know, hospitalization of Mm -hmm. people who are critically mentally ill Mm -hmm. that are, you know, submitted by their families or, or other um, like social workers or something who are involuntarily being treated. And and some folks have a problem. That's the care course. Proposition one is a companion to that. Mm. So if the governor is saying, I'm going to try something new for mental health in our state, we've got to pick up the pieces of Ronald Reagan's missing, you know, shutting down all our our mental health facilities. He's trying to do something new. And Mm. in order for that something new to actually have a fair chance, it needs measure one. Then Mm. to me, we pass it. Yeah. And we have to we're going to have to go back and fix um, those unintended consequences, yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, and also when you, you know, Mayor Karen Bass is also urging us to vote. Yes, she's over here trying to fix the houseless situation yeah. in L.A. Um, Maxine Waters is recommending a yes on mm-hmm. it. I just I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I was like, mm, I got to keep thinking about this. And then I finally decided, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and vote. Yes. Yeah. Also, conservative, they're saying that because there's a low turnout so far mm. really low oh, turnout wow. really? Um, despite all the mailers <laughs> that of course works in favor of republicans uh. and um because when the turnout is low it's mostly white and old people that, that actually vote. vote yeah geez so that and what they're what the la times was reporting is that the whiter older voters are going to vote no on, on Proposition 1, specifically, yeah. uh-huh. which could be bad news for the governor's plan. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that also made me want to just go ahead and vote yes. Ooh, <laughs> I'd yeah. be, I'll be the counter counterweight to those white conservative voters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Like, the problem is so <laughs> massive um, it, that it does need help. And, you know, although, like, I've been hearing things, I think that, yeah, like, the kinks can be, like you mentioned, I think I've just, you know, I've... I've yeah, I think the kink, like you said, can be worked out on the back end because, um, you know, the care course, I, I believe, is important as having a family members, family members who are impacted by substance use disorder and mental illness and homelessness. Um, you know, I can see how when they're under care, that their mentality and the way they talk and behave is 
totally different. Like they're kind of like back to them old selves again, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to when they get back in society um, and they don't have the um, the mandated help that they that they needed. But then also like, you know, what they're what's going to happen when they get out of the treatment and those resources got have to be there. And I think that people who are listening today can identify with having family members in such situations. And so I guess. Uh, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, for me, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. Um, well, actually, it has been mental health for some. But the main one was was addiction. And mm-hmm. this also gives more dollars for treatment. Yeah. Um, and I think when you have a family member who's, you know, a substance abuser, the cycle, it impacts the whole family. It does. You know, everyone's trying to save the person. Yep. They they gave them money. They did this. They took, you know, yeah. all this stuff. And, and, and it keeps cycling around and around. Mm-hmm. And when they finally get to the point where they're willing to go to treatment, then there's no treatment available. Right. That is the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess for that, I guess th- they they do have my support just based on my personal experiences. And, you know, when folks get out of jail, right, the diversion programs, you know, those types of things don't run themselves. <laughs> you know, like if you don't want a loved one because um, they were under the influence um, to get sent to jail and you want them to get treatment, those types of things are often at no cost if they have, like, you know, low income or certain types of medical insurance. So, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I should have told you it's time for news, traffic, and sports, but I should have told you happy Women's History Month. Oh, woo, wow. Woo. It's March. I can't believe it's March already. Oh, my God. Or as some folks like to call it, happy Black Women's History Month. <laughs> we just extend it. We know, we know we're celebrating everybody, but right. you know, it's KBLA right here. So don't get mad. And you know what else? Okay, we, we got to go. But yesterday was Chief Michael Moore's last day. Yeah. He uh, has left the building, as they say. Um, so we are entering a new era. Well, it's an mm. interim era, and we'll see what lies ahead. As far as, you know, this guy, Dominique Choi, who's the interim ch- uh, chief, no relation. Um. <laughs> uh, and we'll see what lies ahead in terms of who they are looking at. We've got news, traffic, sports, and more on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. I see. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, Sherry Bell. So um, anything else on this ballot that you want to talk about? Uh, you, I know you were talking uh, about the uh, when we were listening to news, traffic and sports, the, the Supreme Court has oh. U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to take up Donald Trump's uh, immunity. Oh, wow. whether or not he can be free to commit any crime he wants uh, <laughs> because he was right. president even after he's no longer president. And you were commenting on Clarence Thomas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Clarence Thomas. Uh, yeah. I mean, his wife was involved in that insurrection, deeply involved, um, giving instructions, text messages. <laughs> and, and, and he's going to be one of the people who's going to get to weigh in on the outcome of his immunity status and that seems like a huge conflict of interest um you know and it just it begs the question about the ethics of the u.s supreme court i mean it's kind of crazy when you think about this has never happened before um this is the first time that a a a former president has been convicted of a crime so um this 
this decision is going to set a major precedent precedence um it's just it's wrong okay it's wrong he shouldn't be able to it's a conflict of interest he should sit this one out you know i mean as far as i'm concerned he should sit everything out he should go take his rv and go on a permanent vacation the corruption the level of corruption and by the way it's not just him Mm. um he's the most blatant with it but all of them all of our well all of our conservative justices Mm -hmm. oh yeah pretty much have these ethics problems oh my word yeah when you think about amy coney barry who was appointed by him Right. Right. And then the the other gentleman, I forgot his name. Uh, he had two of them. Brett Kavanaugh. Yes. Yes. The one that was uh, had the questionable college sexual assault allegations. Yeah. Which which aren't so questionable when you look at the follow up. Um, just Google it. OK. Um, it turns out that the FBI just buried a lot of the stuff, that, mm. the complaints that came in, people corroborating the fact that he was a serial rapist and drunk uh, during college. They just chose not to look into those. See, how could people expect life to be fair when you got like people at the highest level of levels of government, like making your path super easy are super hard right and, 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 and the thing about it is the supreme court their job is to be above reproach to be the judges judges right mm-hmm. they're the supreme court justices it's a lifelong appointment you know people talk about oh Fonnie willis should have been beyond reproach you're a doggone supreme court justice and it's not just the conflict of conflict of interest around trump uh, at least a couple of them, uh, Chief Roberts, for, for example, have similar situations where they're taking private jets mm. from billionaires. They're taking gifts from billionaires that at the very minimum mean they should recuse themselves from certain uh, certain cases. And at best, they should get a different job, you know, it rem- or retire. It reminds me of the um, Atlanta housewife. She was like, who going to check me, boo? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's right. Who, who going to check them? <laughs> well, you know, the Congress could, and it is their job. And I don't know why they're such punks. I was thinking of another <laughs> word that starts with P, but I don't know why they're such punks because the Congress could actually um, decide to add Supreme Court justices tomorrow. Mm, really? Yeah. They cannot put, apparently they can't put term limits on without a an amendment to the wow. constitution which i would that's what i would prefer 12 yeah. years and then you're done you know three presidential terms that's enough peace out it's been nice knowing you but that would take a constitutional amendment but apparently congress the number of of justices is not set in stone congress could decide hmm. tomorrow that we're going to add another five justices of course you'd have to get it through the house and the senate and republicans control the house mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. still You just need to convince a couple Republicans their margin is really slim and they could fix it tomorrow. Yeah, it's just it's it's a big overhaul because a lot of people benefit from a a lot of people benefit from the structure the way it is. Um, It reinforces status quo, keeps things, keeps uh, people in power, powerful. Um, So, geez, that is a whole large movement right there to change it. Uh, Yeah. 
Yikes. Or just, we have to just win back the House. Mm. Then it doesn't have to be a large movement. Win back the House, you can pass an expanded Supreme Court. Joe Biden, you know, appoints five more. <laughs> now all of a sudden there's new, oh, no supermajority right. of these arch conservative mm. activists. Um, back to Cali for a second. Mm-hmm. So the fight for the U.S. Senate, according to today's L.A. Times, which cites a UC Berkeley poll, they're saying that Adam Schiff and Steve Garvey, the former Dodger, are way out in front. Mm. And so what it seems to show what Schiff did, kind of tricky but not illegal, is he boosted yeah. Garvey because he wants to go against a Republican right. that he can easily beat right. rather than having to go against one of these formidable women in Barbara right. Lee or Katie Porter. Mm-hmm. And so if he does that and he edges out both Lee and Porter through this sort of cynical, if effective, strategy, mm-hmm. thats I think that's a loss for the voters. The mm-hmm. other thing that I hate is that Garvey is just like Trump mm-hmm. in that he says he's the family values guy, but his own kids say, you know, he dropped them. He dropped them like a hot poker, mm. didn't support them, doesn't know the grandkids. He got multiple baby mamas. You know, not that there's anything wrong with that if that's how you live in your life right. unapologetically. But if you're running around saying you're the family values guy. He's just using those stupid buzzword talking points that's going to get these evangelical or these conservative Republicans to vote for him. They don't really believe that stuff. They're like the biggest hypocrites. History have shown this. Like, this is not new news. Like, they are hypocrites. They'll tell people what they want to hear so you can vote for them. And they do the same, replicate the same policies. You know, tax breaks for the rich. uh, Cutting social service programs. uh, Don't care about inequality when it comes to race or gender. It's like they are like... uh, (laughs) They're they're running whatever they get in power like a business that, you know, yeah. you know, they don't care. Well, I hope that at least black voters aren't fooled by Mr. Garvey and his little dog and pony show. I mean, the L.A. Times article about his candidacy really broke it all down. They talked to his former children and, you know, his he had, he had I guess, gotten two different women pregnant and then married a third wow. one. Um, like I said, okay, if you, that's fine. If you're, you know, on a reality TV show, right? but not if you're supposed to be the family values candidate. Plus he, he, he voted, you know, for Trump twice. Yeah. He, and he's very vague on his policies. So you don't know what he's going to do really. I mean, but people don't care, right? People who are like pro, you know, white Supremes, like, you know, like they want to keep things the way they are. They don't like if you if you like Donald Trump, obviously you don't care about like what people's work actually uh, shows. Um, and, and honestly, if you listen to Steve Garvey talk, I don't see how anybody would want to vote for him. Look at his hands. I know he had a rough career, but he. Yeah, you. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't vote for him. But here's the thing. The, if the strategy ends up working, he's effectively edged out two progressive women from the race. And, that's and the two dirty. and the two more conservatives are the ones we'll end up with. I mean, mm-hmm. Schiff is not exactly a conservative, but of the three Democrats yeah. running, he is the most moderate mm-hmm. for sure. Wow. You look at his stance on, you know, on Israel, yeah. you look at his stance on, you know, just about anything. I'm not going to say he's a conservative. He's still, you know, a Democrat, but... Compared to Barbara Lee, mm-hmm. he's conservative and he's moderate. 
Okay, he's a, more of a centrist. Yeah. And so we're going to have the centrist and the right-wing guy that we have to choose between. That's how the polling looks. I just want to remind you, it ain't over till it's over. Don't just say, oh, well, yeah. they're going to lose, so I'm not going to vote. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I'm voting who I'm voting for the underdog. Um, sorry. Um, I'm voting for who I whose values I believe in in the primary. Um, and, you know, he and ha- you can say who it is if you want. Well, to. I'm voting for Barbara Lee. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I, same. Yeah, I mean, because, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, I can't not vote for you know, and um, he has a a lot of money. Who's all? I don't know. It's like every other commercial I see. Well, I mean, Adam Schiff was an impeachment manager, right? Mm. And he got really popular during that time. And you know, he's no slouch. I mean, he's an attorney. He. You know, he did a great job with, remember, with Trump? Mm, yeah. You know, he's done some great work. But when you're, but when you, 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 your choices are, you know, I mean, Katie Porter, uh, you know, I gave her some serious thoughts. She's definitely a progressive. I heard her on here yesterday. But if you listen to Barbara Lee, you know, if you were wavering or are wavering, listen to the, to the interviews. Mm-hmm. We have Schiff, we have Porter, and we have Lee. We have all mm. three of those. Garvey. Well, if you need to hear that interview, I mean, I we asked. He didn't respond. Ugh. He didn't. He wasn't trying to come on KBLA Talk 15. Would have been very boring. <laughs> I could tell you that. <laughs> nah, nah. I would have made it spicy. <laughs> 800-920-1580 if you want to weigh in. 800-920. We got to talk about, uh, at least we got to talk about Council District 10 when we come oh, forward. Okay. Yeah. Everybody named Mama running. Are you running? <laughs> no, but that is my district. Mine too. Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, so that makes us experts. All right. That's next on KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Hi. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. Ooh, yeah, it's a lot to talk about. Okay, so like I said, voter turnout is really low. I had a friend who is a strategist. I actually have several. Wow, I sound like a, I know people. But anyway, um, who was talking about how this turnout mm. is really, um, really, really pathetic. Um, it Especially in CD10. Ooh, uh, apparently, really? we're at historic lows um, as of yesterday, 6% of the ballots have been returned. Oh, no. 6%. For Council District 10, where you got a lot of candidates running, mm-hmm. um, and the black vote is going to be splintered because we have to choose between Heather Hutt, uh, Reggie Jones-Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that That's going to be... It probably means that we will have, hopefully, we'll have a black candidate to choose from. Mm. You've got Latino candidates. You've got, um, you know, Grace Yu is Korean. Um, She's an attorney. She's she did really well against Margaret Lee Thomas. Um, And now she's coming back. Uh, She was meant to be on this week, but Mm. she had a she had an emergency and wasn't able to come. But um, it could mean that we end up with no black candidate in the runoff. Look here, people, you know, vote, please vote and get your family members and friends to go vote if they're not voting. That's the that's the best thing you can do this weekend. 
uh, in, in next week uh, because it's really important. And I would also point out, if you go to KBLA.com and the, the way that the uh, interviews that Dominique had with all the candidates are like very well organized and they're like snippets of the interview. You don't have to listen to the whole hour. So, um, you know, for folks who are in, you know, in, you know, undecided about who to vote for, I will encourage you to go there because that's what I did uh, last night and it was extremely helpful. Um, but yeah, no, we got to get out the vote, man. Like these people have so much power on our day to day life and, and, and they're going to represent things that impact your life on a reg- on a daily Ooh, basis. I forgot Eddie Anderson. <laughs> yeah. He, okay. Yeah. He's also running that. You know, now you've got, now you have um, people who, you know, are splitting up progressive, not just yeah. black people, but black progressives. Um, so this is tough. Three. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Heather Hutt is the incumbent, right? Right. Um, Reggie Jones Sawyer is a... An assembly member mm-hmm. who um, is trying to move to city council. Eddie Anderson, pastor, community organizer. Grace, you, I already talked to you about. You guys know, you should know Eddie Anderson. He's a progressive activist. Mm. Um, so, and then you've got Auda Vasquez, who was in here. She's, all these folks are up um, on the website, all these interviews also, except for Grace Hugh, who you know, had an emergency, as I said, out of Vasquez, environmental activist. Um, she uh, is running. So with three black candidates, uh, one Korean American, one Latina, Yeah. you know, that I don't, you know, not to say that automatically I wouldn't vote for someone because they're not black, mm-hmm. but just to say, look at what that does. You've got three black candidates competing against each three other. Three strong black candidates. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Eddie Anderson, Pastor Anderson, got the L.A. Times right. endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to vote for Heather Hutt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I lo- you know, uh, Reginald Jones Sawyer. Great lawmaker. He was on the reparations task force. Gave me an award. <laughs> right, love that. right, right, right. Um, Eddie Anderson on the show all the time. A powerful progressive. A young guy. Right. Um, so he can run after Heather Hutt terms out. <laughs> I mean, as a person li- that lives in CD10. As I do. Yeah, I get to see, like, the work that's currently being done in my community. How, like, out front and involved the incumbent is. Their their staff is great staff, you know, and, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel like they're doing a great job. I feel like the incumbent is doing a great job. Yeah, I mean, if we can't have MRT back, I think, <laughs> which does seems to be off the table right now. Uh, Heather Hutt is doing an amazing job. She mm-hmm. really, I see her everywhere. That's what I'm saying. I see her, she's responsive. Gave free bikes she, away to the kids. <laughs> right? I mean, but yeah. just look at the storm, right? right? This past storm where people's houses were falling down the hill. She was out there on the scene checking residents' houses, trying to marshal resources. That's what you want. You want someone responsive. Plus, I find her to be down to earth, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, yep. And, um, you know, black woman on the city council is also a good thing. Oh, yeah. And it, she's from the district, too. She right. got sons. Yeah, there's no other black woman on and L.A. City Council. last time that I it? checked, nope. Oh, wow. Okay, well, that's a, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, that, talk about representation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there you go. Continuing our conversation on these local things with Sherry Bell and Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580.
The station you turn to when you've had it up to gear with cultural incompetence. KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All righty. Um, yeah. Okay. So look, don't, I'm not saying you got to vote how I voted. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. say I'm going to vote for Heather Hutt. I've seen her in action. Yeah. I think she's doing a good job. I think she deserves a chance to keep doing what she's I doing. I agree. She's from the 10th. She's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Check, check, check. Right. But you don't listen to me. Yeah. Listen for yourself. Right. You, you spoke, you spoke to all major candidates on your show. Like, I'm, you know, go to the website. You, that's why they're on the website. You, you can give people who's listening today a chance to make a decision for themselves based on your interview with each of the candidates. Right. And you know, when I was I when I was on front page, I used to like day one, I'd be like, I'm voting for these people. <laughs> you know, you. But now I try to listen to mm-hmm. as many of the interviews as possible. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the Friday before election day, right, right. and this is the first time you hear me really. Yesterday and today, really talking about who I'm going to vote for because I've had a chance to listen. Now, if somebody miraculously changed my mind on Monday, or I will let you know. Mm. But right now, I'm voting for George Gascon. Yeah, I'm voting too. for Heather Hutt. Yep. Yep. You know, and yep. it is what. And I decided to vote yes on Measure One and yes on HLA. That's what yeah. I am. Yeah. You feel another kind of way, or you're not sure? Go listen for yourself. Yep. There, there you go. Let's go to Big Phil calling us from LA. Good morning, Big Phil. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Devil, don't sleep. Pray up, keep waking up. You know, uh, they really confessed to me. I think I'm going to go with Michelle Chambers. They keep putting this mail in my mailbox, and she got a lot of heavyweights behind her. I see a lot of politicians. I think I'm going to go with her. And Barbara, uh, I think Barbara too far behind. She's not even in the top three. I would love to go with her. And what about that knucklehead, Kevin DeLeon? When he go up for a vote? Ooh, get don't get me started. He's <laughs> up for a vote right now, but you're not probably. Do you live in District 14? L.A. Times has an article front page today saying that him and Nithya Raman got more homeless people off the streets, which, you know, why are you giving that that racist, lying, anti-renter, anti-indigenous, anti-LGBTQ person right. a boost right. the Friday before Election right. Day? Right, absolutely. Well, I hope we get out of there. Get yeah, they got some great candidates running against them. Mm-hmm. Assemblymember Santiago, yep. Isabel Jurado, mm-hmm. which is who I would probably yeah. vote for if I was in that district, which I'm not. <laughs> we yeah. in CD10. Yeah. Right. I'm not in, yeah, we, in 35 we, we either. He's talking about Bradford versus um, Bradford's old seat, <gasps> uh, which is a crowded, yeah. crowded race. Right. Uh, Michelle Chambers. Yeah. Uh, Laura Richardson, yeah. and I'm going to forget a whole bunch of people. I'm not trying to be unfair. I just don't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, I, of course, I named the black women in the race. She, uh, she used to be on the uh, city council in Compton. Yes. Yeah, so her work, you can track her record. She's a solid progressive. I'll say mm-hmm. that. I mean, I've, I've interviewed her enough to say she's a solid progressive. So, right, I, I, you know, right. to me, it's not a bad choice. I don't, I don't get to vote in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, and she's, she's a solid progressive and also she's competent right now. She's working in Rob Bonta's office, oh. the attorney general. So yeah. It sounds like he made a good choice. Big feel <laughs> like, sound like you voted for her, right? <laughs> well, he, I don't think he's gone yet. He's like us. He's holding out. Oh, okay. Hold that thought. Big feel. I, I got a hard stop news traffic and sports. Sherry Bell. Thank you.
like always. It's oh, wow. So over time. Wow. Okay. Okay. Sherry De La Guetta. Well, you can hang out if you want to. <laughs> Friedman Fridays is next. KVLA Talk 1580. <laughs>